The Afterburn Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns Gear Memorial Foundation, helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit gunsgarin.com slash rain. Want to make a podcast? Let me tell you about Spotify's program for podcasters, and it's called Spotify for Podcasters. I've been using it for over a year now. Couldn't be happier from the switch. You can record wherever you create podcasts, whether it be your phone, computer, and it's easy to upload it and distribute it to everywhere podcasts are heard. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Best of all, Spotify for Podcasters is completely free. So launch your podcast today. Get started with Spotify for Podcasters. Go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. From Showtime and A24. We love most about Whitney. Comes a new series unlike any other. Well, where do I even start? Academy Award winner Emma Stone. I like how you fight for us. Nathan Fielder. Money doesn't really matter when it's about doing the right thing. And Benny Safdie. You guys are strong, right? At the end of the day, you're going to survive, right? Next question. New episodes of The Curse, streaming now on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Solo episode here, breaking down the newsletter as well as other things that are happening in the world since the newsletter has come out. Yeah, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, we just started a newsletter, so you want to make sure you click the link down below, subscribe to the Afterburn Podcast newsletter. You'll get lots of insight into defense happenings, aviation, just geopolitical stuff that's going on around the world. It is interesting, at least to me, and probably interesting to you if you're following this to begin with. But real quick, admin notes off the get-go, episode 77 drops with Paresh this Monday. He is a former special, min- uh, special mission unit operator, a.k.a. Delta Force. Part of that, a Green Beret, and part of that, he was in the Navy, the corpsman, so he's banging and patching people back up to get shot up. He was in a Marine Reconnaissance Unit. In fact, his There I Was story, and he shares a couple of them, that's available to Patreon supporters and subscribers on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but Patreon is the best spot to do it, opinion. He shares about his first deployment to Iraq. It's probably one of the most Marine stories I've heard, or just your stereotypical Marine story humorous and uh, entertaining to say the least, as well as a vehicle rollover story where he almost died. So fence in for that. You can get that There I Was story as well as all the other ones over on Patreon. Thanks for supporting the podcast if you're over there. Jumping into the newsletter this week. So the G20 Summit is going on right now. There are two people that are missing from it that are normally there, one of which is Vladimir Putin. Not surprising he's not there given everything that's gone on in the world the last couple of years. And then G. Xi Jinping from China, he is skipping this conference. He's sending an underling. We're going to talk about why he might be doing that. There are a lot of smart people who have analyzed this, and there's a couple different hypotheses or assumptions that are being made of potentially why he is not attending this G20 summit. One, India and China have not gotten along in recent years. They have a big border dispute that's going on that has resulted in the exchange of gunfire, etc. The other aspect is... Maybe this is a further progression of China removing itself and more aligning itself with Russia. Given the economic ties between China and the rest of the world, that is an interesting play, especially since they have reported a monthly downturn year over year in their economy. I have those articles linked there as well. The third and final piece, which is definitely a little bit deeper dive into it, but Xi over the years has been solidifying his power and removing those of any opposition and even those in his inner circle, pushing them out. So he's really become isolated at the top, uh, or so it has been assessed. 
I'm going to show a video here, and this is the removal of President Jintao from the Party Congress last October, where Xi was elected to his third and current term president. So he's sitting next to Xi. Xi has a handler come up, and then shortly thereafter, you can see former Chinese leader Jintao is escorted off the stage. He's older. It's a very formal event, but you can see the body language. There's definitely some resistance on his part and some questioning of what is happening. And the, the handlers are just saying, hey, no, it's fine. We're just going to walk over here and handle everything. Red four, uh, Gentile turns back to Xi and touches him and says something to him. But Xi doesn't even look him in the eyes, just nods his head as this guy is escorted off stage. This has somewhat of a reminiscent feel back to Saddam purging his opponents in Congress, if you remember this video. Telling them to get out. Yeah, so that one goes on to escort all of these people who he deemed traitors out of Congress, out into the back, and executed. We digress from Jintao there. I'm sure that guy has not had a good year. On to Raytheon, AMRAM production, the advanced medium-range air-to-air missile, the AIM-120, the bread and butter of the United States Air Force, the U.S. Navy when it comes to radar-guided missiles, as well as many of our NATO countries. Raytheon typically produces five to 800 of these missiles a year. However, they are ramping up production and going to produce nearly 1,200, basically the production limit of Raytheon at this current point. And Raytheon is saying there is no slowdown in the foreseeable future. So my take on this, all right, Ukraine obviously has ramped up. They're getting F-16s. I don't believe in their quantities. And if they get AIM-120s and start shooting down flankers, that's a whole other game in of itself. But one, we could have arsenals that are timing out the... European nations are buying more F-35, so they'll be getting more AIM-120s, even though 16 fleets are aging out. But everyone keeps talking about the Pacific threat. If we do pivot towards the Pacific or if the pick theater becomes hot and kinetic, you're going to be using a lot of AIM-120s and you can't just flip that switch on overnight. Hopefully that's not the case, but needless to say, Raytheon is making a lot of AIM-120s. Chinese tourists have gained access to over 100 U.S. military and sites over the last few years, according to the FBI. They assess that this is an attempt, one, gain access, but really exploit weaknesses and test where those weaknesses are. Find that chink in the armor so that you can get more, more information, more exploitation out of those. China has the ability to throw huge numbers at this problem or this effort to try and gain access to military installations and sensitive information with over a billion people. They can afford to lose some in the process. Most of these people are getting caught. They might get hit with trespassing. They might get hit with misdemeanors. Maybe they get exported from the country, but it's relatively minor based on the fact of what they're doing. Maybe they spent a few years in jail. The CCP definitely doesn't care where they can find a weakness if they have to throw 10,000 people at it, 100,000 people at it, whatever it might be. They can afford to lose people in an effort to try and exploit this. I think this is a good time to jump over to an article that came out on Taskus today which is China is trying to exploit U.S. troops and veterans in the Air Force chief warrants. This is from C.Q. Brown, General Brown, who is slated to be the chairman uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs once he's confirmed. A lot of politics going on with that. We won't get into that today. But he is warning and asking airmen and working with other nations that if members are approached by companies that are looking to the Chinese military, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you need to be smart about it, they're trying to train China's military. So by training the trainer, you're weakening our national security posture, weakening our defense capabilities, and give the way. 
we've seen the news with the former Marine Harrier pilot who spent time in Australia. He's actually in jail in Australia unless they've extradited him in the last few days. But he bounced between Australia, China, and South Africa training the Chinese on various tactics. These are things that have taken us years. It's taken lessons learned in blood to hone and perfect these crafts. And these are secrets that are sensitive that exploit and weaken our ability to defend our nation. We'll jump to the B-2 bomber. The B-2 bomber landed in Norway, the hot pit. This is the first time it's happened. I think this is a very strategic message in partnership versus the article toting it to be a power projection capability. Hot pitting is nothing new. That's where you take off, fly a sortie, land, keep everything running, get gas, take off, and go do another mission. The reason you want to keep the jet running is because they typically break once you shut down. And if they don't break, they still require lots of maintenance to turn the aircraft to go fly another sortie. And that maintenance is usually required by regulations as preventative maintenance or just general checks. That takes people to do it or just in a minute like the jet needs there. So you're keeping the plane running longer. The B-2 can fly a really long, I think 6,000 miles. And if you air fuel it, the thing can fly forever. They have flown 32 hour mission, so they can fly around the world. So them being able to stop and get gas to me is not really anything that's super special. You would need to be able to land this plane at multiple airports around the world and get gas in order to utilize this strategic capability, which the article is toting, because it's assuming that tankers wouldn't be available. So if tankers aren't available, you aren't just gonna land this anywhere. It costs over a billion dollars as a national asset, but it does show a partnership with NATO and does show a partnership with Norway and, and the power message in that sense, not the fact that we can hot pit. But I joke in the newsletter, welcome to the hot pit world, B2 community. I can't even imagine what it is to fly a 32 hour mission. So you do have that on the fighter community, but hot pitting in a fighter usually just draws your day out significantly where you might have only had two hours of briefing, an hour of pre-flight, go fly an hour and a half mission, come back in and start your two to eight hour debrief. When you hop hit, no matter what, seems like it's always a minimum of 11 to 12 hours from start to get back into the building to then start your debrief. So self-inflicted pain there. They released the shopping list from Ukraine and they are getting quite a lot to all the armament, all the weaponry that they're getting, $47 billion in aid. And we're not even scratching the surface when it comes to F-16, which I've talked about last week in the podcast and shared across social media. All right, that's all I have for today. Again, check out the newsletter. Make sure you subscribe. When you do subscribe, check for that verification email and you can join the party. With that being said, that's all I have. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. The Afterburn Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns Gear Memorial Foundation helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit gunsgarin.com slash rain.